the topic of what we're going to be talking about today. It's the power of obedience. The power of obedience. Now, we've been hearing the prophetic words that we're in a new time, a new, a new way of doing things. And we can't look backwards for the strategy we've got to call on right now. As I was praying for this word this morning, I saw this angelic invasion. I can't describe it any other way. Like take your favorite Marvel movie and it was like angels coming into the earth room being dispatched from God on high from the kingdom of heaven into the earth. And there was a massive influx. I don't know another word but invasion, but in a good way. And God has dispatched these angels of light, these holy angels, these warrior angels, these ministering, healing, deliverance angels of every, the angels of glory from every corner of the heavenly realm to come into the earth's realm in a way that we have never seen before. And that also means, my friends, my brothers and sisters, that darkness will be exposed in a way. That we have never seen before. But I want to just encourage you today. And remind you that God is up to something. That he's up to some big things. And so I want to today give us a spiritual chiropractic adjustment. So we can stay in alignment with what his kingdom is doing in the here and now. So today we're going to talk about the power of obedience. And I want to go to um, just a quick word. You all are very familiar with it, I promise. From Galatians 5.22, speaking of the fruit of the Spirit, we know it well. And we're familiar with that fruit of the Spirit called love. That fruit of the Spirit called joy and peace. Those fruits called long-suffering and gentleness. Goodness and faith, we hear about those, we talk about those, but there is another one stuck in there and it is called meekness. And if we're not careful in the body of Christ, and, and if we and if we watch how we've been posturing ourselves in the body of Christ, we can hear that as weakness instead of meekness. And every time I look it up in the concordance and everything, I always see the word humility, which is quiet certainty, not weakness, which is standing strong. But I asked the Lord one day, I said, Lord, what are we missing about this word meekness? And he said that meekness is a fruit of the spirit, first of all, because it's not easy. If we knew how to do it, we wouldn't, it wouldn't need to be a fruit, right? If we just knew how to love all the time, no matter what, it just wouldn't need to be a fruit because we'd be overflowing with it. God was like, let me help them out a little bit and give them these fruits of the spirit. And meekness is one of them. But it means total submission, total surrender, and total subjugation, subservience to God. And I don't know about you, but those didn't used to feel like good words to me. I'm like, oh, no, no, don't talk to me about any submission. Subservience? Oh, I don't think so. But wait a minute. Hold on now. We missed the part that said to God. This fruit of the Spirit is so important to God that he said the meek shall inherit 
earth. Not the weak, not the quiet ones, the meek. Those who stand strong in knowing who they are, those who stand strong in walking in his obedience, no matter what. Those that have learned how to take their eyes off of the world and our politics and our education systems and all this man-made stuff that's a hot mess. And we know how to focus on the things of kingdom. We know how to transcend the people stuff. And when God asks us that question, will you serve me no matter what? Unequivocally, without hesitation, the answer is yes. But in order to do that, we have to have a foundation of what that yielding, that joy of yielding, that joy of obedience looks like. And, and, and there's a fundamental thing that I want to talk about for a minute. So I might be dating myself on this, but I want you to think back to like your first job or your most recent job. Back in the day, in my day, you would get that job and they would give you a binder usually, a good old three-wing binder. And they would sit you in a conference room and say, study this. This is your policies and procedures manual. And pay close attention to page 72 or page 3 or whatever page it's on. It's our organizational chart. And we want you to know that you were hired as a whatever it is. And you need to know how to fit in this organization. And how to flow in how we move in this organization. So if you were hired as the CEO, it's important to know your position on the org chart so you don't come in on your first day and operate like the receptionist. Not that anything's wrong with the receptionist. They're the face of an organization. But what I'm saying is we don't need you at the front desk ordering, answering the phones and directing traffic. We need you in the office at the visionary level as the CEO. And if you don't do that, it causes issues in the organization. Or if I'm hired as the middle manager or a VP and I come in operating like the CEO, it's out of order. It's leaving my position blank and trying to take a position that's already been pre-designated. And I submitted a slide because just as any organization has an org chart, so does heaven. And if we don't know this heavenly organizational chart, we start functioning out of order. And I submit to you that it's up to me and you. I submit to you that we can watch the news every night and look and all these things that are happening. We can say, why don't they do more? Why don't those people over there do it? Who, Lord, is going to take care of this? The answer is you. Y'all, it's on us. I don't know if that scares you or make you happy. However you take that, it's on us. The buck stops here. We are the change that we are seeking. The ministry that you say, why is it here? It's in you to be released. That witty invention, that business that you're like, why won't somebody just invent this? Because it's yours to invent. But I submit to you that we got to know the order. 
I don't know about you, but as I grew up in the Baptist church, it felt like we were always, in my Baptist church anyway, in little old Lacey, Washington, it felt like we were always striving, like you were at the bottom of this org chart. Like the same sickness we came in the door with was the same sickness we went home with. The same frustrations, the same oppression. We got a little emotional relief, but was there transformation? And so somewhere along the way, as the pulpit spoke of this enemy with all this great power, I started to think I was at the bottom of the org chart. And if I could only pray for God to protect me, and if I only can pray for God to hopefully do something, keep me, Lord, it'll be okay. And I submit to you that I, I think... Too many of us in the body of Christ think that we're at the bottom of this org chart. And I came on assignment today to remind you of your spiritual position. To remind you that wherever you are planted in this season, you are not at the bottom of the org chart, but you are at the top. And according to the word, and we'll get it in a minute. You're not only at the top, you're at the right hand of the Father in Jesus Christ. Fill in the blank. You and I are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. So I'm just here to remind you because you already know it in your spirit. It's time to line up, y'all. It's time to line up. And one of the keys that helps us close the gap Because it's already done in the kingdom of heaven. One of the keys that helps us close the gap is obedience. Because to be obedient, you have to trust. You have to trust that his way is better than my way. You have to surrender. We sang of it. And if I'm not mistaken, Ian, did I see your name on on that worship song we just sang? Thank you for being obedient. We get to surrender who mama and them said we were, who our generational line says we were, who the circumstances of our life says we are. We get to surrender it. You see, in order to obey, we have to say yes to his will and way. We get the joy of surrendering our opinion, our training from our family line. I'm pretty new to this marriage thing. It's been eight years. But I am convinced, I am convinced that if we're willing to give up our familial training and come into one mind and one agreement in Christ, we could do this thing. And our divorce numbers would not look as dismal as they are in the world, in the body of Christ. It's a whole other sermon. So, okay, sermon series. But I want you to hear me from a place today, not of striving, not that we have to do yet another work, because obedience is simply a response to his love. And the word reminds us in several places that those who love me will obey me, will obey my commandments. And in the New Testament, we get to walk In the Holy Spirit inside of us, in all of the order, all of the law, everything we need is in the Holy Spirit. I got an email um, 
I actually just do one thing. I have several businesses, a ministry, but I really just do one thing. I help people be clear about who God created them to be and to build something to impact the kingdom on the earth. So I have a huge calling to Christian entrepreneurs, to ministry founders, and I got an email from a woman who had been through many of my trainings. And she says, Erica, I got this email from this uh, group of people I got my life coaching certification from, and I just don't understand it. And the Holy Spirit said that you would help me understand this. And I read this email, and it was about getting your numerological reading from the universe. And um, she said, I don't know what this is. I don't know what to do. What is this? And I just responded. And if you guys have ever been on the other end of one of my emails, they're very short, sweet, and to the point for the most part. I said, spirit of divination, witchcraft, and stay away from it. (laughs) She was like, what? I was like, no, that's what it is. And we dabble in those things. I'm not talking about outside of the body of Christ. We dabble in those things because we've lost sight of who we are. We haven't been able to access the Holy Spirit, so we start looking in other places. But I'm here to remind you that 100% of everything you need, the spirit of truth, the order of God, the righteousness from the kingdom of heaven that needs to be built upon the kingdom of earth, it is in the Holy Spirit, and it is inside of you. So I want to talk about this concept, like, wait a minute, if I'm at the right hand of the Father, which we knew it, we've read the scripture, but are we living it? Are we breathing it? Are we asking God in our prayer time, not for the things that he's already taken care of in the earth realm or the natural realm, but the kingdom, seek ye first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. And we want to skip the kingdom part. We want to skip the righteousness part and just get to the things. But the Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And what we need to understand in the word, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are distinguished. In some places you'll see kingdom of God and other places you'll see kingdom of heaven. I was fascinated with this and all the theologians told me it was the same thing. And I said, I know better. Otherwise it wouldn't be different in your word. So you go to that spirit of truth, the greatest concordance there is. And I said, Lord, what's really going on? And he said, the kingdom of heaven is the already done kingdom, already existing, already fully manifested in the heavenly realm. The kingdom of God is the kingdom that you and I are to build upon the earth through obedience. But if I can't access the instructions If I can't hear the coach of the Holy Spirit to access the kingdom of heaven to get my particular instruction, there's a problem. And we end up as Christians ping-ponging through our lives. From trauma to trauma, from challenge to challenge, from circumstance to church to circumstance. And I submit to you that whatever someone can do or produce in the world without Jesus, we should be able to dwarf it with him. I submit to you. That everywhere you go, you're called to change the atmosphere. If you're at a workplace with craziness, we can find ourselves getting spiritual amnesia. 
and going, Lord, I'm just going to pray that someone comes and cleans this place up. (laughs) It's on you to begin to dispatch those angels, to begin to speak light into that place, to bind the tongue of the darkness that's coming out of your boss or whoever it might be, so that place can become a place of light because you're there. No other reason. Because you're there. And so we get to ask the Lord, how do we move from that place? Our true position in the heavenly organizational chart. I even asked the Lord, I was like, Lord, how do I breathe from that place? Or I, I just need like every single second, every being, how do, just How? Show me what that looks like. Do we know what area of our, what every area of our lives would look like if we're living from that place? Have we asked? Ask. Lord, what would my finances look like if I lived in Christ at the right hand of the Father in manifestation right now? What would they look like? What would my marriage look like if I understood who I am, if I remembered, because your, your spirit knows, it's in the Holy Spirit. We just got to line up. What would your workplace look like? How would your children behave? It's another sermon. How would, what would that look like? If we lined up, we need to ask. Because God is waiting to release the mysteries and the secrets from the kingdom of heaven. Who can he trust? Who will say yes to the great question God asks all of us who say we will serve him? The question is, will you serve me no matter what? Whether they like you or not, whether they stay or not, whether your feelings got hurt or not, whether you produce the fruit of the vision that I gave you the first time or not, whether I got a bank account or not. You guys, I'm, that's a whole other thing. The, the lean seasons that I've had to go through carrying this thing of God. We think it's easy and we always like, well, if it's God, it's just the doors are going to open. And that is true when you are in the wilderness and you need manna. But when you cross into his promised land and slay the giants of fear. And the giant of division. And the giant of inadequacy. You move into the promised land and you get to build systems. You get to build procedures. You get to operate in the discipline. That last fruit of the spirit, we don't get to enough, the temperance and the discipline. And if we are called to inherit the earth, we are called to walk in obedience or meekness. That means we are called to access it right now. Right now. And I don't know about you, but I used to think like if it's an inheritance and I can suffer here. And then when I get to heaven, when my spirit leaves this earthly form of this body behind, finally I'll have the reward. Just hang on here. The suffering's okay. (laughs) But the truth is that inheritance is to be spent in your lifetime. If you have a family member who passed on and left you an inheritance, it is to take care of the here and now. 
So the inheritance that we are co-joint heirs with Christ, that is not for the heavenly realm, that is for the earthly realm. And when we begin to move in obedience, it is a supernatural spiritual key that begins to unlock provision. And it unlocks the mysteries. And it unlocks the strength and the energy and everything we need. It requires faith. It requires belief. You must be 100% certain. Most people in my limited observation of the body of Christ is we are in hope. We are not in belief. We hope God's going to heal us. We hope God's going to bless us. We hope God's going to bring that answered prayer. But are you certain? Because it's his word. So belief is 100% certainty. And sometimes, y'all, I'm at like um, 39.7%. God, I need some help. Help me with my unbelief. Because in order to be obedient, you have to believe not just in Jesus and not just in the power of what the Father put in him and not just in the Holy Spirit outside of you and upon you, but you have to believe in it within you. You have to believe that you live in the realm of the impossible, that nothing is impossible through Christ who strengthens us. All things are possible. And let me tell you, when you say yes to obedience, it's going to look impossible. Lord, you've called me to eradicate hunger in entire city. You've called me to change nations. You've called me to overhaul the education system. You've called me to create new medicines, whatever it is. You've called me to empty out hospitals with the gift of healing you promised me. You all, obedience is impossible. And do you know that's the realm God lives in? Because if it was possible, we'd need, we wouldn't need faith. We wouldn't need him. If it's not big enough to catch your breath in your throat, you need to go back to the throne and get your real instruction. There's a book of life with your name on it in the heavenly realm. You can look it up in Psalms 139.14. It has your name on it, not the Lamb's book of life. I'm not talking about that book. I'm talking about the book that was placed in your spiritual DNA before you were placed in your mother's womb. A book that has a, a, a calling and a purpose and a vision just for you. Because nobody else on this earth, not out of the billions and billions of people, has been through what you've been through. Just the way you've been through it. You're uniquely graced for such a time as this. You're uniquely equipped for such a time as this. You are more than enough for such a time as this. But if we're functioning on the bottom of the org chart, we stay in spiritual amnesia, begging God to help us instead of realizing he's already released the help. It is within you and you have the power of life and death or death and life, which is in the order of the word, in your tongue. And when we release that, that obedience comes forth like rivers of living water out of you. And so I'm just here today to remind us who we are. To remind us that now is the time that we must seek the heavenly strategy for our calling and purpose. Because no one but you is going to get it done. Not the way God needs it done. And we have assignment. I call it our kingdom assignment. We have an assignment on this earth. And I, I, if you've ever talked to me for any moment of time, I am serious about my kingdom assignment. 
My husband's like, I told you I was new to this marriage thing. He said, I have never met anybody that moves like you ever before. And just the other day, I was like, I get it because on that day, I don't want the Lord to look at me. And I'm like, Lord, I delivered in your name. Lord, I healed in your name. I did all these things in your name. And he says, get from me. Who did it in iniquity? I, never, I don't know you. Get thee from me. I'm like, every morning, my first prayer, I, I wake up, I thank God, and I said, Lord, show me how to close the gap between who you created me to be and where I am today. What is my assignment to close the gap today? I don't need to be concerned. We don't need to be concerned about what's happening in the world. We don't need to be concerned about what he said and what she said. We don't need to be concerned about who saw us, who recognized us. None of it. You don't need permission to be who God created you to be. Not from your family. Not from your church. Not from your workplace. Just be who God created you to be. Amazing things happen when you move in obedience. And you'll be hidden for a season. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And I'm here to tell you that the season is now that he's taken you out of hiding. He's shown you vision. He's given you night dreams. He's given you open visions. And you've cried out to him and said, win, Lord. I've done all I know to do. Win, Lord. And he's saying, now, daughter. Now, son. But we must have our assignment. You have a heavenly job description. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it looks like in your lifetime so you know when you're actually done with it? You know when you cross the finish line? Most of us don't. We get bits and pieces, and God never gives it to you all at once because we would just freak out. But he gives you enough to at least take that step. Woo! And stop negotiating with God, please. Lord, when you bring my husband, I'll take the step. Lord, when you help me lose 75 and a half pounds, I'll take the step. Lord, as soon as I get this debt paid off, I'll take the step. Lord, as soon as, as soon as, and I want to submit to you today to take the step. We are living in an unprecedented time that you need to know, you need to wait no more. You have a ministry message, turn on your smartphone and put it on YouTube. You have a book to write, you can get it self-published. You don't have to go through the traditional publishing route. You have a business to build. You can go online and get your LLC and get started tomorrow. Y'all, we got work to do. God is counting on us. He gave it all to Jesus and Jesus gave it all so you and I can live in life and life more abundantly. So we are so amazing and so illuminated in the world that they look at you and say, wait a minute. Tell me about that God you serve again. How did you get here? Can I take you to lunch? Tell me a little bit more about yourself. I don't know. And this is what the language is. There's just something about you. There's just something about you. That's who we're called to be. And obedience is the key. Here's one of the deals I need you to know, though, because I, I just I'm going to get you all excited and then you're going to go for it. And then you're going to call me and be like, Erica, you didn't say it was hard. So I want you to know that you got to press. I want you to know there's going to be some lean seasons. 
Whether it's lean of friendships, whether it's lean of people around, whether it's lean of resources, whatever it is, because God has to equip us. God has to train us. God has to get us strong no matter what. Your feelings will probably get hurt a few times. And we have to forgive again. And I often hear Christians say, but wait a minute, I'm called to minister. Won't God just open doors? Sometimes you have to ask. Sometimes you have to seek. And you have to knock. There's something we get to output so we can receive God's input. And know that I'm not saying now I got to do some more work. Know you all that his love is unconditional. It does not change whether you choose to be obedient or not. He still loves you. His overwhelming, unending, ever-increasing love is still all yours. But obedience opens a supernatural key of resources being released to you in the form of new team members' help. And you ever ever started anything and you're on your own and you're like, Lord, send the team. And he does. It increases your belief. It increases your faith. You get increased bandwidth, if you will. You ever had those times you're like, it's just so much, I just can't get it all done. And then God blows your bandwidth wide open. And all of a sudden, it's easy. And then he graduates you to the next aspect of your calling. More trust. More responsibility. No need to fear it. It just comes with obedience. But more access to the inheritance. To manifest in the here and now. One of the things I want us to understand, and I'm actually doing the word last. That's interesting. But I want, us, I want to read this word to you. Because one of the things we forget, like we know Jesus died for our sins. We know he was resurrected. We know he was ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. But we forget that we are right in the middle of that equation. So I want to read from you, for you, from Ephesians. And I'm going to start at Ephesians 1.15. So just let this sink in. And I'm reading from King James. I'm going to sound very King James for you all. There's going to be a lot of vows and arts. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, Lord, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, and might and dominion, and every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you have quickened us 
who were dead in trespass and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had all our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and whereby nature, whereby nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace we are saved. And has raised us up. And has raised us up to sit together in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. I got to read that again. That's so good. Michael, that's so good. I got to read it again. And has raised us up together. And made us sit in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus that in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. And his kindness toward us. Through Christ Jesus. I invite you to go back to read from Ephesians 1. That scripture illuminates the heavenly organizational chart. So Jesus didn't do it outside of you. He did it with you inside of him. What does that mean for our lives, y'all? What does that mean? For the word reminds us that those who love the Lord will obey his word. You've got to get the instruction. You've got to commit no matter what. I just want to do something real quick in closing. I want you, if you are assigned to make impact in the realm of education, I just want you to stand to your feet. If you're called to make impact in science or medicine, stand to your feet. If you're called to wellness and health, health and wellness in any way, form, shape, stand up. If you're called to help children who can't always help themselves, stand up. If you're called to media, movies, anything that involves technology or media, stand up. What am I missing? We're still sitting. What am I missing, Pat? Biz- oh, my gosh. If you're called to business and entrepreneurship and to be a kingdom distribution center so Christians can stop begging the world for resources where we can actually have some of our own, stand up. What else? Music, creativity, art, stand up. Government, politics, stand up. If you're called to impact family and marriage in any way, stand up. What am I missing? Some of you are still sitting down. Oh, (laughs) ministry. If you're called to ministry, thank you. (laughs) Stand up. Everybody, that's everybody in this room. Anybody at Catch the Fire seems to be called to ministry. Look around. What did I miss? Did I miss something from someone still standing up, sitting down? Government. Government. Stand up. 
If you have an assignment in the earth on your life, stand up. And you have a clue, a half a clue of what it is. Take a look around, you guys. Literally, look around. We have enough people in this room to change the world. If you're listening to this online, you were called to change the world. And I submit to you that God has already placed the instruction in your spiritual DNA. We just have to ask and sit long enough to receive it. We often pray to him, but do we hear the meditation of his heart? And so I want you just to recommit today, right where you are. If you let anything derail you along the way, maybe a relationship didn't go the way you wanted it to. Maybe you got too tied up into what's happening in the world. Just want you to have a conversation with the Lord right now. And just recommit. Let him know that I'm recommitting to you today to obey your will and your way. And build that thing, God, that you have called me to build. And for those of us who have been moving on purpose and and manifesting that God-given vision and we're feeling weary today. We didn't mean to, but somewhere along the way we grew weary in well-doing. Lord, we thank you for just re-energizing us, realigning us for the next leg of the trip and the journey. For those that don't have the full instruction and understand clearly what their next step is so they can step out on faith, Lord, we ask that you just open our spiritual ears. Better yet, spiritual ears open. Spiritual eyes open in the name of Jesus. And Lord, just show us whatever's been in the way that we can remove it so you can make straight our path. So darkness cannot touch us. So we cannot be hindered. We cannot be detoured. We cannot be slowed or derailed in the name of Jesus. And just recommit on today. And Lord, just show us right now to everybody within the sound of my voice, what is the very next step we need to take? What is that next step? And just give the Lord your yes once again. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just decree and declare that from this day forward, we remember who we are and where we stand in your organizational chart of heaven so that we can make the impact that you've called us to make. And Jesus, we can make the impact that you died for us to complete. Amen.